the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God's mercy is not permission. God's grace is not permission to sin. Uh, We we shouldn't treat God's forgiveness like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Uh, Or we we shouldn't treat it like some kind of diplomatic immunity. Uh, where now, you know, we can do whatever we want and live however we want, and as long as I confess it, God will be faithful to forgive me, and I'm not going to be, you know, prosecuted. Do you really know God? The scriptures say that you know Him if you keep His commandments. You are accepted by God through grace, but it doesn't mean that you are free to sin intentionally just because you know that you will be forgiven. Your obedience is the evidence of your faith. If the Lord is truly in your heart, your desire will be to stay away from sin. Listen as Pastor Dad reminds you today that Jesus intercedes for you. He paid the debt for you, and the Lord will show you mercy and grace. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 1 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as Jesus walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. And he who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness, does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Well, in chapter 1, John spoke to us about the things that hinder 
our fellowship with God. And in particular, he spoke to us about sin. Sin is the greatest hindrance to fellowship with God. And our attitude toward our sin or or what we do with our sin can hinder our fellowship with God. John talks a lot about sin in this letter. It's it's a big deal to God. It may not be a big deal in our culture today, but it's a big deal to God. In fact, 15 times in this letter, he uses the word sin in just five chapters. Back in chapter 1 and in verse 8, John told us that sin is a fact. He said in verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Uh, Sin is a fact. And then in verse 9, John said, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. John makes it clear in verse 9, he says, When we sin, if we simply confess our sins to God, God will always and faithfully forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. It's automatic with God. And now what he does in chapter 2, verse 1, is John clarifies here what he's saying. He says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. When John says, if we confess our sins, he'll, he'll be faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. John is not telling us that we should sin. He's not saying here, hey, you're free to sin because all you have to do is just confess your sin after you've sinned and then God will forgive you. No, he's saying, if you sin and you confess your sin, God will forgive you, but you should not sin. He's not saying sin. He's saying you should not sin. In other words, just because God is a forgiving God and a merciful God that does not give us license to sin. We we can't say, well, hey, you know, I, I I can go wild tonight and in the morning I'll just confess it to God and He'll forgive me and it'll be all, all good. God's mercy is not permission. God's grace is not permission to sin. Uh, we, we shouldn't treat God's forgiveness like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Or, or we, shouldn't, we shouldn't treat it like some kind of diplomatic immunity uh, where now you know, we can do whatever we want and live however we want, and as long as I confess it, God will be faithful to forgive me, and I'm not going to be you know, prosecuted uh, for anything that I've done. You know, the Apostle Paul talked about the same kind of thing in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 6. Uh, In the book of Romans, Paul tells us about the grace of God and that we're accepted by God through grace, not by our works, not by anything that we've, we've, we've done. We don't earn God's favor. God gives us His favor by grace. And then in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, Paul kind of follows the logical conclusion that some people might come to. Isn't it funny how we can twist something that God intends for good uh, and, and, and try to twist it to justify ourselves. You know, my kids do that. Uh, my kids, you, you know, if you, you offer them something good, would, would you like a piece of candy? 
it's very rare that they'll just say, thank you so much for being generous. They'll say, well, can I get two pieces of candy? Or can I have a piece of candy and a piece of cake? And, and they're always trying to, you know, work it to get more out of it. And we can be that way with God and with His grace. And, and Paul says in Romans chapter 6, uh, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not, he says. Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Down in verse 15, he says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. God forbid. We don't want to abuse the grace of God. That's what Paul's saying. But we don't want to say, you know, if, if, I, if I sin more, then God will be more gracious to me. And if I really, really sin, God will be really, really gracious when He forgives me. No, Paul says, no, shall we continue in sin that God's grace may abound? Certainly not. Uh, the Apostle Peter talks about the same thing in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16. He tells us not to use our freedom in, in Christ as an excuse for vice. Hey, I'm free in Christ to do this. And John says here in chapter 2 that we should not sin intentionally just because we know that God will forgive us when we confess our sins to Him. You know, years ago, my middle son, when he was maybe about four years old, we used to live in this older house, and it had a storm door off the kitchen. It was an old storm door that had actual glass in it. And he used to run out to go out to play in the yard. And when he would run, he would hit that door full speed and knock it open and keep going. Well, one day, he hit that door full speed, and the glass shattered. I happened to drive up in the driveway, just as there's glass all outside, you know, and it looks like our house has been burglarized or something. Uh, but he, he shattered the glass. And so I took the, took the storm door window and I, I took it to uh, Ace Hardware and I had them put plexiglass in it. And so when I went a couple days later to pick it up and my son went with me and we picked it up and we're, we're waiting in line to pay. And my son says to me, what if I hit the glass again and it breaks? And I said, it's plexiglass. He said, what's plexiglass? And I knocked on it real hard. He can't break it. It doesn't break. So you don't have to worry about it breaking anymore. So then we get home, and I'm installing this piece of glass. So I'm standing outside on the porch, and my son is somewhere inside, and I'm installing the glass, and through the window of the door, I can see him appear, and he's got this stainless steel thermos in his hand. And he takes it, and he throws it as hard as he can at the door, to which I, of course, say, what are you doing? And he said, well, you said it wouldn't break. And we're not, we're not to be that way when it comes to sin and the grace of God. We're not to, we're not to look at sin and say, well, he, if I confess it, He promises to forgive me and everything will be all right. You know, the Bible warns us about um, presumptuous sin deliberate sin. Psalm 19, it says, keep me from presumptuous sin. A deliberate sin. Something that I know is sin, but I'm just counting on the grace and forgiveness of God 
to forgive me. And so I'm going to do it anyways. And what John speaks of here in verse 1, that it falls into the category of presumptuous sin. Now, John tells us going on in verse 1, he tells us that when we do sin, because sin is a fact of life, we all sin, we all fall short. But when we do sin, John says, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. There's a couple of important words in those two verses that you should take note of. The first word is the word advocate there in verse 1. It says that Jesus Christ is our advocate with, our, with the Father. The word advocate, it's the Greek word parakletos. Uh, it means one who pleads another's cause before a judge. One who pleads another's cause before a judge. It can also mean a counselor or an intercessor or a mediator between two parties. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, we're told that there's one God. You know that there's one God. And there's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. There's only one mediator. There's only one way to come to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. He's the only mediator. And what he's saying here, of course, you know, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was a substitutionary sacrifice for our sins. And we're told here in verse 1, now when we sin, Jesus Christ is our advocate with the Father. He pleads our cause before the Father, almost like a, a defense attorney. And his defense that he offers uh, for us is that he already paid for that sin on the cross. And so when we sin now, he just goes to the Father and says, Father, I've already paid for that. I've already shed my blood for that sin or her sin or his sin. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. He's our advocate. So we, we don't have to advocate for ourselves when we sin. And aren't you glad? I'm glad. <laughs> that every time we sin, I don't have to go before the Father and try to explain why I did what I did and why I said what I said and why I acted the way I acted. No, Jesus said, no, it's under the blood. Father, I already paid for it. I've already shed my blood for it. So that's the first important word. The second important word is in verse 2, and that's the word propitiation. Propitiation. That's a word we don't hear a lot. It says that Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins. And, and that word means that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins, for your sins and my sins, that it completely satisfied the wrath of God toward us. It completely satisfied God's 
righteous indignation about our sin. Or to put it another way, his sacrifice on the cross paid in full the debt that we owed. That's why the gospel is called good news. Because we had a debt that we couldn't pay. And Jesus came in and died on the cross in our place and paid the debt for us. So now the the wrath of God against us and against our sin is completely satisfied by Jesus Christ. So much so that now God shows us mercy. And now God adopts us as his children. So understand, it's, it's not just that the cross uh, satisfied the anger of God and now God's just not angry with us anymore. You know, you know how that is sometimes if, if you get in a disagreement with somebody and you forgive them, but you're still a little angry or you keep them at a distance kind of thing. The, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross so satisfied the wrath of God against us that now God shows us mercy and God adopts us as his own children. It's a total flip where the Bible says we were once enemies of God and far from God because of our sin. Now through the substitutionary atonement of Jesus, now we who were once enemies now are made his children. That's amazing. That's amazing grace. It's amazing. You know, John's going to go on to say in chapter 3, Behold what manner of love is this, that we should be called the children of God. That we should be called the children of God. So now going on into verse 3. Beginning in verse 3, John tells us the test. The test of whether we truly know God or not. You know, it's possible for someone to have a knowledge of God or a knowledge of Jesus Christ and know, really know a lot about Jesus Christ and not have saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The demons know Jesus Christ. The demons know a lot about Jesus Christ, but they don't have saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So what then distinguishes us from the demons? It's not just about knowledge or knowing. How do we know? And John gives us a test here. John gives us evidence that shows that we have truly a saving knowledge of God. He says in verse 3, Now by this we know that we know Him. By this we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. That's how you know if you really know God or not. Do you keep His commandments? That's the evidence. That's the the test of of whether we know God and have fellowship with God. The test is our obedience. Do we obey Him? Do we keep His commandments? It's only when we obey God that we can be quite sure that we know Him, that we have saving knowledge. True faith in Jesus Christ is demonstrated by obedience to Him. True faith in Jesus Christ is demonstrated by obedience to Him. For a person to receive salvation and become a child of God, they must repent of their sins or turn from their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ. And a true believer then has a desire to honor and obey Jesus Christ. doesn't mean we get it right every time. It doesn't mean that we were perfect and sinless, 
But it does mean that now, if we're truly born again, we're truly saved, we have a desire and an intention to be obedient to the Lord and to keep His Word and keep His commands. And that obedience is the proof that we're a true believer. Look at verse 4 in your Bible. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. A person may say, I know him. I know God. I have a relationship with God. I'm a Christian. But if they don't keep his commandments, John says, they're lying. That word liar, it means delusional. He's saying, you're, de- you're delusional if you think you have salvation but you don't keep the commandments of God. You don't obey Him. Your life isn't submitted to Him. John's saying you're not a Christian. You may say that you're a Christian. You might might profess Jesus Christ, but your walk and your talk don't match. You're talking the talk, but you're not walking the walk. And the walk is the proof, not the talk. Anybody can say that they're a Christian or I'm a believer, I've got a relationship with God. Show me in the way that you live your life. Are you submitted to Jesus Christ? Are you submitted to the Word of God? Saying you're a Christian is no proof. Living it out, living a life of obedience to the Word of God, that's the proof. I remember years ago, uh, I used to be on staff at a Calvary Chapel uh, in Florida That Calvary Chapel had a radio station, much like how we have Hope FM here. They had a radio station there. And one day, it was a Wednesday, uh, late in the afternoon, a young man came into the church and asked to speak to a pastor. Uh, And so I sat down with him, and this young man said that he was new to the area. He'd only been living in the area for a few weeks, and he had been listening to the radio station and really liked it, and he thought it would be nice to work for a Christian radio station. And so he was there seeking employment uh, with the radio station. Now, we, weren't, we didn't have any employees that worked, much like Hope FM. We didn't have any employees that worked for the radio station, but I didn't tell him that. Uh, I said, well, let's talk about uh, you working here. And well, let me back up, too. He was about 19 years old, and he's coming in looking for a job. And he has flip-flops on, uh, and he's got board shorts on, and he's got a Hawaiian shirt on with the top couple buttons undone. And he's got his 19-year-old bald chest hanging out, right? Remember how you, guys, remember how you used to do that when you were 19? Because you thought it impressed the ladies? And, and this is how he shows up asking for a job. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring sure than the If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings from 1 John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on media. In fact, there's an entire library of Pastor Dan's messages that you're welcome to listen to and even share with friends and family. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray, too, for your brothers and sisters in Christ listening along with you, that they would be protected from the enemy, and that the truth and blessing of Scripture would fuel their passion for following the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to pray. 
our time with you is at an end for today, we'd like to encourage you not to shut your Bible just yet. Continue reading in the book of 1 John, or take some time to explore any of the other 65 books in God's Word. Each one reveals new aspects of your relationship with your Creator and will open your eyes to His purpose and plans for this world and for you. We pray you are blessed richly as you continue an extended time of learning from Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us next time for another edition of Ring of Truth.